thank you guys for coming out today. Thank you for having us. Hey, no problem, bro. So what were you just getting into? About a solid snake and shit? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> fucking no, solid snakes reveal and fucking smash was priceless. Just leave a box just in a the box. middle of the field and bam, solid Yeah, he just pops out of the box and shit. But the box had a smash logo on it. Yeah. yeah. That, that was, was really cool. cool. But yeah. it, it was the, it's the fact that they brought all the, all the, like, elements of solid snake that people, like, not even like his good elements, like, just his elements that were, like, stupid. Like, I honestly always said to myself, I played Metal Gear for years. Why the fuck is he? How does nobody notice a random box pop out of nowhere? Mm-hmm. Like it's a fucking like one minute you're in a hallway and then the next minute a box is there. Um, it's just the the funniness of it, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it, fucking hilarious. Like I get his. It's a comic aspect. Tactical espionage, but a yeah. box. Yeah. <laughs> like, Someone's I, moving. It's something you wouldn't expect, you know. But it's a fucking box. Um, I mean, <laughs> sometimes it's a barrel. Yeah. You know? Who the fuck still uses barrels? <laughs> Sly Cooper? Come on, bro. I mean, well, fucking, if you're in the Middle East... Fucking Donkey Kong and shit. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in the Middle East, the, the people, uh, you know, the, the whole oil thing is going on. They have oil barrels, you know? Yeah. yeah. 55-gallon yeah. drums and shit. Those drums, yeah. So that's it's true. not that... It's not that uncommon to see one... Yeah, walking but, around with legs. But yeah, like, <laughs> but like, you don't see like apple barrels anymore, like the wooden barrels. Oh, oh yeah, dude. dude. Like. I, <laughs> I think the only thing, <laughs> I think the only thing they use barrels for now is like whiskey, right? Or like yeah. making alcohol whiskey and, shit. and whiskey and wine and mm-hmm. shit. Fuck all that, bro. I think we should go back to barrels. Yeah, that'd be tight. I, I would be, I would be game for like you. You don't understand when I was a kid and I would walk into stores. And you would just have that one stupid barrel that's right there. You knew apples were in it. <laughs> you know that's the apple barrel. That's the it, apple bro. barrel right there. So you're yeah. like, fuck it. I'm going to go get an apple. Where the fuck is the barrel? And then, like, I don't know what happened. But over time, like, they just switched from the barrel to, like, putting it on the shelf. Yeah, those, and, like, crooked fucking su- yeah, sideways. Yeah, those tilted piece of shits that are there. Yeah, fuck yeah. that. And I'm just like, where's my apple barrel? You know, man, I'm just as confused as you because one day they're there and the next day there's no more apple barrels. Oh, fucking, fucking technology, man. <laughs> the internet is ruining everything. They took away my fucking apple barrels. Oh. Damn internet. Damn internet. It's Amazon's fault. I blame it Jeff Bezos. Yep. I blame Lana Garrigan Reddit. It's definitely Obama's fault, though. <laughs> thanks, yeah. Obama. Thanks, Ob- Obama. Yeah, thanks, Obama. <laughs> Getting rid of the apple barrels, you cocksucker. <laughs> no, but... Uh, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I mean, uh, there, there's been a lot of um, like advancements and shit. I mean, the the new Smash Bros. Though, I think that's what we were talking about. Yeah. yeah. About, uh, I mean, I you know what would be cool is instead of they bringing like Ryu back or something, they brought like Ken. I thought they were gonna make Ken like a skin at least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or if they do Ryu and then have an Akuma skin. That'd be fucking. That would be dope. That would, that would be dope. Dopest. Dude, uh, what, what what game is it that Akuma was just in like recently? He was in a different game. Uh, was it Tekken? Yes. Was I it Tekken? So. I think it was Tekken. Malik, was Akuma in Tekken? Was it Tekken Quest Street Fighter? No, 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 no. Tekken was... Tag or some shit. Which one? New one? Yeah. Tekken 7. He was in that, right? Who? Akuma. Akuma. Yeah. Was... Yeah, that's what it was. It Tekken was 7. Tekken. He was pretty baller in that shit, bro. I don't know if y'all ever played that shit. Y'all played Tekken I 7? Pl- I haven't gone to it yet. No? I haven't played 7 yet. I mean, I don't like paying full price for, for fighting games. Because, uh, I mean, the most recent one I bought was Injustice 2. Hmm. And it's just like, 
it was fighting game of the year and all this hype and shit. And I played it for like a week, and then after a week, I beat the story, and then I, that's you it. Stopped, I just right? get bored, bro. You stopped, yeah, right? yeah, because I'm not here. paying all this money for the DLC characters. Yeah, my thing, my thing about Injustice was I, I was in the same boat as you, and actually, I didn't buy Injustice when it first came out. I bought Injustice like a year later, mm-hmm. so I got the I got the Game of the Year edition. And the Game of the Year edition, they give you... Comes with all the characters. No, it comes with some of the DLC characters. Oh, really? Yeah, but you only get, like, DLC pack one. Oh, wow. Oh, what the fuck? And then two and three, you got to buy the Legendary Edition that they just came out with. and Which pissed me off because they finally announced in pack three was the fucking Ninja Turtles. Oh, dude. And I was like, bro, That's so you fucked. mean I'm stuck with... Sorry ass Starfire when I could have had all more Ninja Turtles. <laughs> That's fucked, man. Bro, it was it was bullshit. But yeah, whatever. I mean the whole marketing thing that they're doing now with video games, dude. The microtransactions. Dude. I hate that shit, bro. That's, it's in every game. That's yeah. how far. That's how Far Cry got my ass. I bought Far Cry Five. I'm, I'm play. I beat the game. I'm having. I'm having a blast. But they got me because. The season pass now, I got all three DLCs that are coming out, but the next DLC, the first DLC doesn't come out for like another week. And you're going to buy that? No, I have the season pass. So all the DLCs that come out, they just give it to me. Oh, okay. So the, you bought it preemptively. Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. don't, they definitely got you. Yeah. So instead of me, instead of paying 60 bucks for a game, I ended up. You pay like, like 100 like, bucks. Like 100 bucks. Yeah. Okay. What's ridiculous now is that they make you buy online passes even. Like, passes just to play the multiplayer, bro? Like, mm-hmm. PlayStation Plus? I hate that shit, bro. Yeah, like, Xbox Live. It yeah, sucks, man. Sure. I thought PlayStation was going to be the one to keep it going for free. Nah, they know we're on the PS3. But then they hit us with that shit, and it's like, why? Nah. Why? I, I knew that was coming eventually. You think so? Eventually. Yeah. Because I, I think... I mean, it's a smart marketing move. On their point, they're making a shit ton of money off of it now, and they saw that people were willing to pay for it with Xbox, so why not? I get that. But it would have been dope if they were still free. That probably would have made me buy a PS4. Yeah. I still want a PS4. There's a lot of exclusives I haven't played. Uh, I still have to play God of War and shit. I That's mean, what, that is what, what makes me want to buy a PS4. Yeah. God of War and I, and I want to go through all the, all the fucking, um, all the, damn, what the fuck is the name of this game? Um, Uncharted? Wait, all the Uncharted. I was about Dude. to say, I want to play Uncharted 4. Yeah, Uncharted 4 was, was tense. Was it better than 2 and 3? Um, story wise, not really. But it was like a brother or some shit. His yeah, brother comes yeah, back. he's a brother. Yeah, it was. It was a really good game all around. But I still preferred two. Two was incredible. Two, two is still the best one to me. Dude, I got two for Christmas, like yeah. in high school or some shit. It was so fucking good. And the multiplayer, man. Yeah. I think that was the first one where Uncharted had multiplayer. Yeah, and the multiplayer was, was so crisp. Good. Oh my yeah. god, so good. It was only like three or four guns, dude, but just like the levels and the climbing and everything. Yeah. I really fuck with Uncharted, dude. Nah, I've, like, I've, I've, I like games with very, very, like, I'm, I'm all for online multiplayer gaming like anybody. I have Overwatch. I have fucking Fortnite and all that bullshit. I barely play them, though, because I like games with really good stories behind them. Yeah. Like... Um, the reason I bought Far Cry 5 and actually me and Andy from Heroes 1, shout out to Heroes 1. Shout out. Um, That's what we do here. We were, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about um, how I played 3 and I beat 3 and I was very satisfied. I looked at the story of 4 and I was like, eh, I don't really like it. I looked at Primal, I'm like, ah, this is bullshit. Yeah, Primal was garbage. But then they, um, they um, 
presented five, and it was like, yeah, you can do this, and this is what's going on, and da-da-da-da, you have to save everybody from a cult, or whatever. Oh, you can get a fucking dog. You can get a fucking dog? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck that. That was it? Yeah, that was was a selling point. You can get a a dog, which Boomer is the greatest fucking character in in the whole game. I heard you, you can get like a, a fucking panther, like you can a get bunch a of bobcat. A bobcat. Oh shit, that's that's cool. You can get a pan. You can get you get boomer, which is a which is like a kind of I think he's a border collie if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. You get boomer, which is a border collie. You get peaches, which is a fucking bobcat. Oh shit. And you get cheeseburger. That's a bear. A bear. <laughs> a bear. A bear. Named cheeseburger. Named cheeseburger. That's tight. And he is like the most badass of the three. Like, what does he do? Cause he'll um he he has a lot of damage resistance, so like he'll get shot for like minutes and won't die. Whereas opposed to Boomer, if Boomer runs in, like if somebody caps him one good time, he's out. Yeah. Do, do they get to kill him permanently? Is that a no? Thing? Um, the way that it works is if you're cause you basically like build up a party. Okay. So you can either have people or you can use your your. Animals. You you get you get um arms for hire, which are people, or you get fangs for hire, which are animals. And if they die, there's a like a respawn point where like you have to wait like a certain amount of minutes and then oh, they'll okay. come back. So like, Boomer is like, like all the animals when you first unlock them is like twenty minutes, and then you can level them up and it drops it from twenty minutes respawn to like six minutes. Holy shit! So wow. like, but. That shit, like, bro, you you pull out cheeseburger, like, you need to liberate, like, all these small, like, places in the town. And um, you go to that shit, you stand on a hill, take out the alarms, and just send cheese, and just send cheeseburger in. He'll maul the fuck out of everybody. You don't got to do shit. <laughs> That's awesome. Damn. So you just send a bear in and... Send in the bear. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes it gets to a point where, like, the only thing is, as you advance in the game, the weaponry does become more intense and people have more access to shit. Yeah. So, like, when you liberate a normal outpost, people have, like, rifles and pistols and bow and arrows and shit. But then it gets to a point where there's, like, six motherfuckers in it with RPGs. Uh. And you're, like, and you're dodging rockets the whole game. So, it gets harder for Cheeseburger to... Do his job. They, they just put like Poor planes fucking. and shit in this one, right? Oh yeah, you How's can unlock. That? You can unlock planes, which Nick Rye, he's also somebody you can add on your party. And if you, another good aspect is, if you when you unlock Nick Rye, you can actually call him up and he'll do like a, like a airdrop. Supply drop. He, no, not a supply drop. Like he'll like he'll, bang the whole fucking area. Oh shit! And blow it up. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Machine guns and bombs and everything like that's tight. Just call, just call them and then hit the air, mark the area that you want them to go to. Done. Cleared. Shit. It's dope. Wow. And you can unlock a lady with with the with the with. I think her name is Marjorie. You, she she has a helicopter, but I still like Nick. He's he's a badass. That's what's up, bro. I that's definitely tight. gotta play that, man. It's fucking dope. I Far really Cry enjoy Cry. Far Cry Three. It's it's a step up from three because there's a lot more involved in it. But as other people that have played Far Cry with me, the ending will will fuck with you. No, hey, no, no, no spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers. But the ending will fuck with you. True, <laughs> and so completely off topic, man. Okay. Uh, 
How uh, did you? You didn't come out last night to to the show. The no, video I, was, release, right? I was fighting this ridiculous cold. Like I'm still half the fucking cold. Ah, uh, okay. Well, thank you for being here, man. Nah, Appreciate it. It's all good, man. Uh, and I mean, Charles, we were there, man. It was sick, dude. It was. I heard it was a really incredible show. It was a very very intense show. Congrats to my brothers and there was one. That yeah, man. Shout out to them. Out. Yo, let's Shout clap it up man. for them boys real quick, man. Everyone here, clap it up for them boys. No, um, yeah, it was sick, man. Awesome video. Amazing video, amazing director. Shout out to Lab Pixel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out to came out on the last episode. Shout out to Kurt that supplied us with the audio visual to play the video. Of course. Nice. Um, thank you to All Hail the Mustache. Thank you to um, Macronium, Born Beneath. All, all, all of the friends in the community that were in the video, thank you so much. We, we truly appreciate the support. And we appreciate what everybody has contributed to the video. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Raven. Thank you, um, just Justin, who actually was not able to be in the video, but he actually recorded the EP for us. So thank you, Justin. Shout out to Arkstown Studios. Without them, we wouldn't have the first EP. Of we course. wouldn't have been able to cement what Eros 1 is now continuing. But... It was yeah, it was a it was a great show, and even even Ralph, we had we had we got into a conversation about it. To see people actually like singing back with us, yeah, it shows that the the, the work wasn't in vain. It was that it, feeling is really humbling. That, right that feeling yeah. like it 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 brings it brings you down to earth, and it, yeah, it keeps you humble. Yeah, yeah, it really it really. I got kind of emotional a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, that's sick, dude. You guys are are. Uh... Well, you know, the work you did with Eras One, man, I love that EP breaking out. I think it's great. You Thank know, you. I was one of the people Thank in the you. crowd singing and shit. So, Thank you. Uh, I, I was, it's just awesome being a part of those moments, man. It yeah. is, and, and I appreciate it. It makes, it makes the 500-mile trip that much more worth it. Did you drive down here? No, I flew down. <laughs> I'm driving up tomorrow with my mom. Shit. But I flew down, and as I was telling everybody, like I was super hungover yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw your snap story. You were you were like shit. Yeah, I was I was dead. Like, <laughs> me like a dumbass. I stopped at um, Palmetto Distillery, which is in the airport at GSP, and I bought a bottle of fucking um, White Lightning Moonshine. Oh God. Which is a hundred and thirty proof. Yeah. And then Jesus. right across from the distillery is Chick Fil A. Oh, that's fucking delicious. So yes, I, dude. So I, love me some Chick-fil-A. I actually yes. went and got a lemonade from Chick-fil-A. Frozen lemonade? Nah, just a regular oh. lemonade. Oh. And I drank like maybe like a, a, a quarter of the large. And then I just filled that shit back up. <laughs> and I was downing that shit on the plane. Bro, I was so hammered when I got off the plane. You're savage. You're like, fucking crazy. Like dude. I was hammered as shit. And then I felt like... I woke up the next morning and <laughs> I don't know how I fucking survived, man. That was that was intense. That was fucking intense. You're fucking crazy, bro. Uh, I'm not a big fan of getting drunk on planes, man. Just for the, uh, you know, you get the jet lag and shit. Yeah. Yeah, but um, that my thing is is um, my anxiety gets really bad, especially that I worked in aviation before. And even more so, my last flight when I came down here for Kryptonite, um, they had the plane had an overfill issue. They put too much fuel in the plane, and it was unbalanced. 
Oh shit, that's not good. Yeah, that's so like weird. my anxiety was through the fucking roof, so I was like, I'm not dealing with that shit this fight. Yeah. So I got fucking hammered. And... Dude, uh, speaking of hammers, um, no, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible segue. But I mean, with the, I feel like with the release of this video, and you know, you you were in the video, and Mo was in the video. I feel like it's a chapter being closed and. In ears ones like or and yours as well like because now you have divisional void here with sea bass and stuff yes so like I mean just like in reflective dude how do you feel about the body of work you put out with yours one I'm definitely proud of everything I've done um, in the past it was definitely it it was a lot of restless nights it was a lot of back and forth with everyone but honestly it was years of work and I couldn't be any prouder of what I left, but of what I of what's left of that chapter, and I'm happy they're able to move forward, especially with Andy and Lucha. Lucha's an amazing bassist. Andy is like, like he's yeah. amazing. He's guitarist. a ball of charisma. He's a ball of he is a ball of charisma, and he's so energetic and so he's 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 just a lot, but not in a bad way. Yeah, man. And puts on a hell of a show. I I love. I love everything that they're doing now, especially I gave them props. We spoke about it last night. I said, dude, I love um, Stardust Commenced. I love um, Waking the Witch. They're amazing tracks, and I'm actually excited to see what, what comes forward from them. But I feel that all the work that I've put into Eras has helped segue me into, has segue me into the Vision of Void because now all of, that, all of that work that I did before all I can do is reflect and learn from my mistakes and learn from learn from the lessons that I've learned being in eras and just try to make a new body of work that's yeah. going to be hopefully as good as what I've done with eras. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm always my worst critic, but I feel like I'm still, still learning a lot. But definitely having Seabass as as a, as my as my creative partner, he's brought out a lot in me as well that I couldn't really do with Eras because now this is a different style of music and especially that I'm now taking over full vocals. So oh, okay. it's, so it's a it's a lot it's a lot more work but it's definitely something that's that's for the it's for it's for the best and it's a lot better. I feel like it's gonna be a great new chapter in in, in our lives. That's what's up, dude. I love hearing that. I mean, and Sebas, I want to hear you chime in. Uh, what's the sound that you guys are going for? Like, what inspired this project to come about? Actually, uh, it's an interesting story. It started when I was in Letters of the Lost. And, uh, okay. I, I would like... The writing process was very, very hands-on for all of us. It wasn't, you know, one person brings a whole song and then we pitch into it. Like, no, everybody brought something. And we messed together to make that song. Like, for our first EP, which was Walk With Us, me and Andrew pretty much wrote 80% of that material. Because we started as a, as a two-piece band. So then when the really? rest of them... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, we started as a two-piece band back in 20, 2014. Wow. And that went on for about a year and a half. Okay. And uh, so then we brought in the other guys, Miguel, Joan, and Danny. And then the first song we wrote together was Canopsia, which... <clears throat> That became our single instantly because Still my favorite fucking song. <laughs> that song is, is yeah. something else because uh, we originally had this really 
I want to say it's very, very jumpy sixth uh, style song. Mm-hmm. And pretty much Andrew was saying, okay, we need to write like a song together, like all five of us. So let's pick a song and then we'll just tweak it and see what happens. So we picked that song and then we, we started, I started teaching Miguel how the, how the riffs went. And then we got to one part and, and this idea clicked where he was like, why don't you try going clean and tapping it and I'll play some chords behind it. And then we worked on that for about, about an hour and a half or two. And then Andrew came in and, and he was saying, what is this? I was like, oh, this is a song that I'm teaching him. He was like, this is completely different. Let's work on it. And then about, I don't know, two weeks, a month later, that became Canopsia, and that was it. And then, uh, like Charles mentioned about the people singing back and, like, it, it getting you. Like, every time we played that song at a show, this motherfucker's at the front of the, at the crowd just singing his lungs out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I remember one show we had at the gate. Uh, oh, sh- shout out to Mike. Man. Shout out to Mike for that awesome shout venue. Always, man. Mike and Teresa, you guys are doing a very good job with that venue. Keep it up. Uh, you, oh, you didn't go last night. Yeah, no, no, it's not a thing. Low key, it's supposed to be low key. So, yeah, yeah uh, don't know what you're talking about. Allegedly. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God. there goes the GoPro. God damn it! Party foul. Producer, Party foul. You're required. <laughs> you want to have a like lock for that? No, no, no dude. Just MacGyver. <laughs> so yeah, like I was saying, um, you guys every time, every time we played, yeah, at the gate, we had this one show at the gate. We were playing. I think it was I think it was Denise and Josh's wedding. Were you there for that? No, I didn't go to Denise and Josh's wedding. Which is the show that you were there for? Um, I think it was the I think it was the one that I I know exactly which. One I we know, were yeah, about. yeah, but which show was that? I think that was Local Showdown Four. Yeah, the last one that the no last was one, it or it was, was it the Battle of the Bands? No, it wasn't the Battle of the Bands. It was a local throwdown. So yeah, we were like we used to host our own show. It's called the local throwdown, and we hosted them all over Miami and everything. So we tried hosting at the gate the last time we did it, and we got to Canopsia, and this guy, this, this fucking guy right here, we, we got to the breakdown. He's he gets right next to me, and starts screaming out the the breakdown, the lyric, the lyric. Yeah, and I could hear him perfectly with no mic. I thought he was mic'd up. I was like, I was like, where's your mic? He's like, I have a mic. I'm like, holy shit. That's crazy. Like, like that kind of energy and, and reception is just, it's it's amazing, you know? Because that's something that you created, something that came from your soul that that people are reacting to. It's, there, there's no feeling that compares to it. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if, um, if I felt that yet, but uh, just like feeling someone like vibe into your shit from stage, like, you yeah. know, like... For me as a drummer, like when I see someone like fucking air drumming and shit, yeah, when yeah. I'm playing, it's like that's okay, always well, cool. Yeah. They're feeling what I'm doing, so yeah, there's nothing that compares to that. Yeah, especially because like playing an instrument on stage, you're you're it's very vulnerable. Yeah, you, if you fuck up, bro, you could be like you know it could be really humiliating really quick. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. like if if it's like a very minute fuck up that only you can tell, like like. The if general you, you people. Sell it, then you can sell it. If you can sell it, they're not gonna notice. Yeah. There, there's no such thing as my new fuck up. Exactly. It's like, it's how you I'm, like people to, like I've been in like shows and I'm like, bro, I fucked up so many times. And they're like, what are you talking about? You sounded perfect. I'm like, no. <laughs> it's yeah. how you I'm, sell it, bro. It's like, no, this note was a little off, and I was a little <laughs> bit behind. Everyone can relate to that. Yeah, so yeah, just yeah. Just like the, to me, I don't know. Maybe some people are like, okay, it's fine. It's like small, but I view it in my head like, bro, I fucked up. Yeah, I fucked up. I fucked up like I've had big fuck ups like 
I've had freaking like cable short out on me and for like bro it's 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 it, there's been a million and one disaster stories when I was in Arizona. And... Yeah. Oh, before we go forward, and I said that I was gonna do this. Oh god. Oh shit. In response. In response to to tomorrow is not for us. Uh huh. Ralph wrote the riff. Ralph wrote the tomorrow is not for us. Riff. Ralph wrote. Lou, the I riff. think you're done, bro. I think it's over. <laughs> what the fuck, Lou? Lou, I know you're listening, dog. Look, man. Every other member of your band has said that Ralph wrote the riff. Ralph wrote it. Ralph wrote the riff, and even more so, to correlate with Joe's story. Oh, God. yes. Ralph came in, showed us the riff at the house. And what look and what happened was is that what happened was it originally I believe if I'm not mistaken the song at, at first was called like the Viking song or something like that that sounds like something Ralph would do and then, exactly so it was called the Viking song and like Ralph showed us the riff and then Lewis went back home and he tweaked it and he because at first it was like but then. Lewis made it more like that it that it um went down in the scale instead mm-hmm. of just staying at those same stagnant notes. And then we took that we took that riff and we tried a couple things afterwards. And I was like, why don't we just keep it like punchy and simple? And that's when I I wrote the da na 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 Oh, that was you. Okay. That was catchy as shit. And then even more so the da na 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 that was like we were thinking of how do we transition from that part to that part, and I was like, and then there was like, that's perfect. Nice, that's fucking baller, dude. So yes, Lewis, that's such a sick part too. Lewis, if you're listening, I'm sure you'll listen. Oh, 100 percent, he's listening. Ralph wrote the riff, and there, nailed in the fucking coffin. Ralph has, not, Ralph has not changed since high school, bro. He's, <laughs> he's been the same since I met him back in. 2007. <laughs> yeah, Ross, my boy, man. Except he had no beard back in high school. He was clean shaven with long hair. I don't think any of us have beards. Oh, I didn't have a beard back in high school. I didn't, nah, in high school nah. I, was I looked, I looked 12 when I was 18, bro. It was bad. Yeah, was I think bad. we all had the phase. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no. Fuck you, Lou. It's over. <laughs> Get wrecked. <laughs> Shout out to Lewis, man. Uh, I mean, overall, um, how do you how do you feel? About, because uh, you were still in, like, your Letters of the Lost um, story. Yeah, so, um, let me think, let me fast forward to, it was around 2017, mid-2017. I was just, I was getting my home studio set up, because mm-hmm. I wanted to track, you know, my own ideas, and then show it to the band. And then I started writing, I started writing some stuff that wouldn't really fit with the song we had already established. So I had those songs, you know, put to the side. I was going to start doing, like, my own side project. And then, you know, this whole drama went down, and then we split. And then I pretty much just used those songs for Divisional Void. And then... Okay. It, it's really funny how, how Charles got in the mix, because... <laughs> you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I, I posted this ass on Facebook, and I was... I was some shit like oh dragon bass for for a song and, and this motherfucker without me what the fuck is wrong with you man <laughs> and that was it after that i was like all right you want to track bass for me i was like yeah fuck yeah and that, that's it and it started off that it was originally just supposed to be like his side project and i was tracking bass for him yeah and like 
we're shooting ideas back and forth, and he's like, oh, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? I'm like, yeah, this is cool. This is awesome. You could do this. Yeah. And then finally, like, one day he just goes, just want to do a, you just want to do a Cyclops here? And I'm like, I, and he was still in letters, and I was still in errors. Yeah. And we're just like, yeah, fuck it. Side project, you know, nothing serious. That's just for us to record and get. Yeah. Like, because I do have a side of me that does very much so enjoy writing, like, you know, proggy, um, more, like, more technical type metal, which is, which is completely distinct to what Eros was doing at the time, mm-hmm. which, as, if I were to call Eros anything, <coughs> we, were, we were technically proficient. But the sound was simplified for the sake of for the sake of the for the sake of motion. Yeah. Because we didn't want it to be so overbearing that like all the parts are like going over everyone's head and you know, you can't really get into the song. But if you can groove to it, and Joe says this a lot, if you can groove to it, then our job was done. Yeah. And you and, and we know we did our job right. Yeah. But there is a side of me that's like I like writing 156 notes in the fucking song for no reason. <laughs> nah, man. I know sometimes you do have to simplify it a bit for the audience. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that at the end of the day, if you are doing something like trying to make a career out of this, it's marketing. You got to market yourself correctly. Yeah, marketing is really essential nowadays. Yes. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't yeah. matter what you do. You're in sales and marketing at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, the sound that you put out is the product that you expect people to buy. And the everyday person is not really into proggy shit, sad to say. No, no, of course not. That, that's a very specific crowd you're aiming for. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Very niche. The, mm-hmm. and, the thing, and the thing about the, the prog gent, quote unquote, yeah. um, crowd is that most people that listen to it are usually musicians themselves. Yeah. So it's even harder of a... It's even a smaller market. Is it, no, it, it's not only just a smaller market. It's even harder to get exposure because if you're not how they feel technically proficient to do what you're doing, you automatically get like shit posted everywhere. Yeah. And like they're like, oh, these guys are fucking garbage. Da, 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 and like they'll, yeah. they'll blacklist you for that shit. Yeah. Wow. No, that, that's actually something that's kind of shitty that's stemmed from the social media. Like, boom, is you could, I mean, someone could fuck up once and everyone knows about it and their whole life's fucking dicked because mm-hmm. it spreads like wildfire it, exactly it's crazy so yeah. it's 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 definitely a very harder market to get into but again like I was saying there is a side of me that does enjoy doing that and I and we have shown people like snippets and demos of what we're doing now and yeah I heard some for, for the for the most part it's been it's been fairly good reviews I've I've heard people fairly enjoy what 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 we're what we're doing that's what's up dude i mean is there a um a planned release date on on an ep or or a project that y'all are working on actually putting out i mean Uh, y'all don't have to no i mean spoilers tentatively we're aiming sometime this year sometime sometime this year Cause, it'll be uh, this year, Seabass, okay? It better fucking be. It'll be this Shit. fucking year. Okay. You just so have to fucking go to South Carolina. You and guys heard it here first on the throne. <laughs> to expect new material from Divisional Void by the end of 2018. Because yes. at, at this point, all of the instruments are pretty much finished. Yeah. I'm just missing his bass, his vocals. My so, bass for EP2. EP1 is almost done. 
I just have to I ain't seeing no I fucking have, stems, bitch. I have to record that one uh-huh, part. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then vocals, I, I, have to, I have to get on my shit for the vocals. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm still trying to tweak and figure out exactly because I'm trying, again, this is very experimental. So I'm trying so many different things in sense of vocals for for this band. Like, you you heard the, the snippet that we sent you. and Right. I'm doing I, sent, like, I sent the whole EP. Uh, I'm doing a lot more screaming now. As as comparison to to Eras One, where I just did like clean vocals and some screams. Yeah. So so um, you're embracing the the more the more growly aspect of your vocal yeah, range. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely trying to trying to scream a little bit more, but also I I will be doing clean vocals as well. But I'm definitely embracing the the more aggressive the more aggressive tonality of. Yeah, the CP is really aggressive. Let, let me ask you a question, uh, Seabass. What's up? What did you What did you do in Letters of the Lost Man? I haven't seen y'all. I never saw y'all play live. I did guitars. You did guitars. Okay, so for this record, you you wrote. Uh, you guys are doing rhythm and lead guitars. You layered them. Yeah, I layered. Uh, what I'm since I don't have, I'm not like doing live tracking right now. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm di tracking four layers of rhythm, and I'm just di tracking the the lead Holy guitars. Holy shit! Yeah, it's. So you're doing all the guitar work. It's fucking brutal, dude. Wow. Well, I, I, I want to ask what the process is like writing an entire uh, EP and composing and, and recording everything as a two-man group. It's really, it's really what you feel the most comfortable with. Because over the process of the EP, I've had times where I do guitars first, and then I lay out the drums after that, or vice versa, or at the same time. Like There's, um, there's this one song, actually, that I... That, uh, that I had in letters called Black Skies. That's gonna be the opener for the EP. And uh, that song actually started out by me just, um, <laughs> it's funny, I was listening to a victim of Target. Shout out to them for them for being awesome. Okay. And they have this one song called uh, Face Meets Floor. Uh-huh. And, and the intro, it gave me the idea to do like like a riff for the for that song. So I kind of, I didn't, I didn't take it, but I, I, I messed around with it and it gave me something completely different and then after i wrote that riff i'm like fuck how do i keep going with it and then um this at the time where the new periphery cd came out p3 and i was just listening to the whole cd and i heard marigold you know their their single and and like the riff just clicked and then that completed that that first chunk of the song and then when i got to the rest of the song i pretty much just went with uh you know, Miguel or, or Joanne to help me write it out, because I wanted them to be, be a part of it. You know, right. So, when when we finished the guitars, I uh, I showed Andrew like what I had, and he was like, "Well, this is like this is like really good." So then he hashed out the drums for it, and we were done with that song in about about a month or so with vocals. And that I think that was one of our most aggressive songs that we've ever written. That was in Letters of the Lost. Yeah, but I mean. Uh, like how how is it writing all these parts as a two man group? It's, like writing, do you write the drums too, or just yeah, I, I program all the drums. It's 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 very tedious. And how is writing drums? Someone, I mean, I don't know if you play the drums on the side or. I haven't played drums in a while, but I still remember you know the basic techniques and everything. So I, I had an idea of how I wanted it to sound, but it was it was a bitch, you know, like clicking each note into place without a MIDI keyboard to quantize it, dude. I I remember I was tracking out Black Skies, and um, I had to watch a YouTube video of us of Letters playing it, and I must have watched that video about a hundred fucking times to get the notes right on the drums, 
Cause, cause Andrew, I will say Andrew is one of the, like the most insane drums I've ever worked with. And, uh, you know, luckily he gave me, you know, the rights to use the drum piece just to give him credit on, on the EP. So we're cool. So I, I, I mapped out all the drums and then I just tracked the guitarist after that. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's pretty sick, man. So, uh, as far as the bass going, you, you, you recorded it live with your bass? Yes, I, I, record, I recorded the basses, the bass parts at his home. Um, from going on forward, I'm going to be doing the bass parts at my home in South Carolina. Uh, shout out to quiet, boring ass Greenville, South Carolina. <laughs> but, hey, Greenville's oh, a nice city, just, bro. Greenville's nice. Greenville's nice, but... I have to send a package to Greenville at yeah. my job. So yeah, shout out to Greenville, South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the UPS store that you manage. Yep. Oh, dude. Um, but... Uh, if the EP is so close to being finished, what's holding y'all back from, from dropping? Mainly me. Um, I have to, my time constraints <laughs> with everything and getting vocals done. Once vocals are done and that one snippet of the bass part is done, the EP's done. Yeah. All we have to do is send it in, which um, we're actually getting, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I can't say it. Okay, I won't say it. We can it. either confirm or deny We can I, either confirm or deny I, I won't say it. No, I won't say it now because I just have to... <laughs> So I won't say. <laughs> Man, we got but some, we're getting someone some very top secret. We're shit. getting very someone very special to mix and master the EP. For well, us. I mean, if oh. wh- whoever was fans of Letters, then you know who it is because he mixed and mastered our EP. So, so that should be a dead giveaway. Quote unquote: If you want to do your investigation, go stalk the Letters of the Lost Facebook page, and it'll show you exactly who's mixing and mastering. Can I ask you what happened with Letters of the Lost, dude? Um, because uh, I mean, I don't I mean, like talking about it. It's just it's it's a long story. Got yeah. nothing but time, bro. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you. But I, uh, I remember um, y'all were pretty big at one point. Yeah, y'all were one of the biggest bands in the scene. I remember, like, I remember hearing about y'all like yeah. super often. Dude, I remember, bro, like, I, I in my head, I was I couldn't believe it when we got the show to open for Darkest Hour. That was like. I, I legit just like couldn't stop smiling for a week. I was like, "Holy shit, we're open for Darkest Hour," which I saw them open for Kill Switch back in 2013. It's crazy. It's fucking insane. And so after that show, that show was probably the best show that we've ever played, because the the crowd was just so responsive and um, it wasn't you know it wasn't too packed because we were kind of the openers, but it was still a decently sized crowd you know for us. And then um. After after that show, we were st- we were writing some new stuff for a second EP, and then around August, I remember this so vividly, bro. I was going to, I was going to go see Guns N' Roses for the first time ever, and uh, and uh, I I I get a, a notification from Facebook, and and um, and Miguel he put a video up in, in the in the band group, and he was saying like he was explaining why he had to leave the band. Which I don't blame him because he was going through a bunch of family stuff. So right, then, right. so I pretty much I had a choice. I could either go to this concert and deal with it tomorrow, or I could just go to his house and deal with it now. So I I called up a friend of mine. I gave him my ticket. I'm like, here, go have fun. It's a good seat. Go have fun. I went to this guy's house. Yeah, because I mean I've known Miguel five or six years. No. So, is you wanted to go figure it out because you didn't want him to leave the band? 
I, I was trying to see like yeah like like what was going on with his life you know because he's always had issues with his family and stuff so I went over there and um, I talked to him Juan was there too and pretty much he was saying that he might have to move like out of the state or something because money was super tight and all this I was like look dude I get it like money is an issue families you know it's like a lot of shit's going down so you gotta do what you gotta do of course you know everyone has a personal so life. I told him look I mean I have no bad blood against you I fucking love you so if you gotta do this you gotta do this I'm not stopping you you know so then um and so so Juan was there and, and I was talking to Juan about it and he was like oh I'm, I'm, I'm leaving too I was like why and you know I'm just gonna say he had issues with management to put it lightly cause there, there was a lot of issues. Um, how, how um, how many uh, like bodies of work did y'all put out as letters of the lost? Just the one album? Just the one EP. Okay, it's a, yeah. Okay, no. so well, it's, wait. Oh no, we had the no, EP and then we had we had a free track demo back in twenty fourteen. Yeah, I remember. Um, Mercio. Mercio. Yeah. Okay, so you have a demo and an EP that y'all put out. Yeah. So when you say management, who was managing you guys? It, it was me and Andrew that were managing it, but ah, uh, yeah. And then, um, you know, like, it, it, it's like they say, like, drummers and basses, they never, like, get along That's that bullshit. well. At least from my experience, like, every band I've been in, it's always been the bass player hates the drummer and vice nah, versa. I, if anything, from, pers- from personal perspective, the one person that, in eras that I could get, a, get along with the most and we had the same ideals of what we wanted to write... Was me and Joe. Oh, definitely and, Joe, yeah. And we, and we like, bro, like, we, we would pitch stuff, and I would pitch stuff, and Joe would just be like, let's do it, yeah. and then... Joe's crazy. He's, he's really good. Yeah, we, we're, we're talking about him during lunch, and man, he's fucking, fucking yeah. monster, monster hands. Sick drummer, man. He's, bro. he's, he is the only drummer I've seen, the only drummer that can eat through cymbals. I've seen drummers eat through heads. I've seen drummers eat through sticks. He eats through cymbals. Yeah, that's nuts yeah. to me, man. They're so expensive too. Yeah, yeah he just, dude. He just yeah. eats Cracking through them like shit eats out through them like nothing. <laughs> and he's just so yeah. So then I was talking to Juwan and he wanted to quit too, and I was like, okay, you know. So is it something that was kind of like a domino effect? Do you feel like yeah? It was it was kind of a domino effect because um, he he didn't really like how how he ran the band because. Because the way that we ran it is that, you know... Well, it was did, your band to begin with, so at the yeah. end of the day... Like, pretty much, it started out with me and Andrew, so it was our band. So then the way that we ran it was that, you know, we did our shows, we did everything we could, and then, like, behind the scenes, it was like it was like business. Like, like it's, it's still a business. You have to manage it, you have to market yeah. it, all that. So, I mean, it's it's really kind of all of our faults because we got so caught up in it, we, we forgot to, like, just hang out a lot. Because we really only got together twice a week to write stuff. And, you know, our schedules were so hectic. Miguel lives in fucking... He lives, uh... You gotta say where he lives, but he's yeah, far. Yeah, like, everybody was so far apart, you know? The only one that was close to me was Andrew. So, I mean, me and Andrew hung out the most because he lived in Kendall. I lived right near him. So, we always got together and just, you know, hang out and do stuff. And then we only saw the other guys for practice. So, like... As a month went by, it was like a domino effect. Like tensions were rising. I mean, we bickered like a married couple to no end every practice, for for simple things like little things. So, like on that day, like it just 
it just snapped. So on that day, Miguel quit, Juan quit, and then I was texting Danny, our singer, about it. And he was like, what's happening? I'm like, Miguel just quit, Juan just quit. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I quit too. Nice. I was like, what? Like, why? And, and he literally told me there's no point to be in a band with just a drummer and a guitar player. So, I mean, I just said, okay. Like, I didn't know what to say to him. <laughs> I mean... Do you think it was that was it was just something that had built up for so long? You think I, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to abandon ship when something's going up and up and up. But yeah. I mean, as soon as the ties get rocky, if there's really tension there, yeah. It's I mean, fun. dude, it got so bad because at, on that day we'd already been confirmed to open for Dark Tranquility. Where? Yeah, which was wow. even a bigger show for us. And dude, like I don't know, I they were so angry that they didn't want to play the last show with us like that was our farewell show and they were like you know what we're not going to play it because they just don't want to Yeah, I so, so I was like okay you know I can't force you guys I mean, you're not binded by contract to play a show with us so you know it's, it's your call so it ended up being me and Andrew just playing it like we started You pl- so you played the show by yourself? me and Andrew that's it two a, piece a drummer and a guitarist? yep just like we started wow so how was that, bro? It was very bittersweet. Like I, I, I think I cried after our show, <laughs> cause like it was, it was, it was nostalgic, man. Cause we hadn't played a show with just me and him in over two years. So going back to that, that chemistry, that vibe, it was just like, wow, like this is it, like that's it. So what is it that stopped you from making another project with with Andrew? I, I really wanted to just focus on my own sound, pretty much harness my own sound because as, as letters progressed, it started out as me and Andrew, you know, and then when the rest of the guys joined up, it became a collective. So pretty much, you know, some ideas for me weren't used, you know, vice versa with Miguel or Danny, because we all had our own, our own influences, our own styles. But since we had this, this sound that we had created, we wanted to like stick to it and evolve it but we wanted to keep it marketable of course so you know my background I'm, I'm pretty much thrash I'm progressive I'm unmarketable shit so like so like a bunch of my ideas were used bunch so, of niche so, markets yeah so I was feeling kind of like you know what am I doing you know like I need to write what makes me like feel like I'm actually doing something with my with my career so is this sound that you have with Division Void something that you see being commercially successful uh, Even it, if it's it, just a studio project, it it depends on the market that we reach, cause cause this EP it it covers a lot of genres. It covers metalcore. It covers covers gent. It covers thrash at times. It covers heavy metal. Like it's a very broad spectrum, but the whole EP just ties together. I think that was something that I definitely uh, <coughs> I implemented when. <clears throat> when we started talking about doing our project, I definitely said, um, and it's and it's also a, a, a staple of what Eras, Eras did as well, that it was, why do you have to stick, why do you have to put yourself into a box? You know, right. Just, why do you, like, I, I know bands that, I've met bands that, like, their influences are all over the place, but they say, I can only write this way because it's, the sound we're going for, mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. like, 
why do you have to box yourself to do something? Just do what you feel. Because, I mean, like, you look at bands like, like Metallica. Like, their sound has changed so much since Kill 'Em All. But they're, they're just so... They're, they're a fucking household name, and they're just successful. They did it. You I know? think and their, their sound was so unique at the time. The problem with making music today is that because of the internet, because of social media, because of how easy it is to actually produce music nowadays... Anyone can be a producer. Anyone can put yeah, out high quality, yeah. studio quality sound of music. Our EP, I feel like the Yunoya's EP, if you've ever listened to it, I know Charles has. I have. Um, I feel like the quality on that shit is like nuts to think that we recorded it, it in his house and in my house. That's like, crazy. I, did, I did my drums in my house and they mapped everything else at their, at their house and mastered it, mixed it. Brian, uh, the guitar player, his brother yeah. did all the mastering and shit for, and he mastered it for like a month or two, just sitting wow. there tweaking shit. And I honestly, for someone, for something that was house recorded, bro, I think the sound on it is really no, big. The sound Dude, is, that, very, is very professional. The technology nowadays just makes it so like tangible. But yeah, what I was going to say uh, with that is that there's so much music being put out right now that the market yeah. is so saturated. Yeah. It's hard to stand out. It is. It there's really so is. many genres that have already been covered. So many sounds that have already been done, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, Bruno Mars put out an album. I mean, it's completely off topic, but like, <laughs> uh, it's kind of like inspired by like seventies and yeah, uh, like funk shit. And he's getting the piss suit out of him by like every funk band ever because funk sounds the fucking same. Exactly. Funk and that disco, it all sounds yeah. the, the goddamn same. So yeah. it's like if you put out a really good groove metal album or a really good metalcore EP or anything like that, it's like it's been done before. Yeah. You have to have something that really stands you out or a really good live show, like a band like Macronium or... Yes. I mean, even Era's one now, dude. They're, they're, since I started seeing them, I mean, they've added so many elements to live shows. Yeah. And the live energy just helps it a lot, too. Yeah. It, the, the, I wish I had that stage presence. I mean, it's hard to have stage presence as a drummer, dude. Yeah. Nah, but this I will say, don't let the drums that limit you because even, even Joe has his thing, like, because... He, number one, he beats the piss out of out of any drums that he gets behind. Oh of yes. Course. But number two, he like even with that, like his level of like, your energy. You don't even have to be like, physically like, like, overly exaggerated. I, I am. I know that live. I'm, I'm very animated. I jump around. I move around. I'm all over the fucking place. But I can still feel Joe and like because his. Internally, his the energy he's giving off in the drum set. Remember, I I even told I even said it about last night's performance when you performed that. I said on the last song, like you went in, and even though you were behind the drum set, I could feel your presence on the last song because you were really like giving it your a a full like a full hit a full like like you were giving your energy for that moment, and I was like, damn, that's really fucking good. And I was like, that's why I even told David when, when, I, when I pulled him to the side, I'm like, I left for four months and I come back and you guys are like 60 times better than when I last saw you at Kryptonite. That's fucking like awesome. The, like the level of energy is way more, um, the, the compositions are a lot more, just, just the fact of adding dual, like dueling guitar solos and stuff like that just blew my fucking mind. And I was like... Whatever you guys are doing now, keep doing it because this is it. This is really it. Like I, I know now for sure. 
that this is it. And especially on the last song, like, everybody was giving their all. And I was just like, damn. Like, every, everybody's going in for this one. This is fucking crazy. Thank you, man. Dude, I so really that, appreciate that shit. So that was, def- that was definitely, like, a, a, a factory moment. Like, because you, like, I've known Alex for years. I've known Brian for years. I was there during the first inception of Unoya when it was them with with Holden, with and, Holden, Holden. and and um, Zach. And <laughs> you know they used to tell me that Zach didn't even play piano. He would just press play on that shit and let it run. Are you but serious? Real, yeah, for real. Vince actually plays. For anyone who's doubting, Vince is a savage. Shout out to Vince. Yeah, but Shout uh, out. yeah, this is a fucking monster. You've known them forever, for real. Yeah, I've known them from the first inception to now, and honestly, like, um. Every, every time since the new lineup with, with you you being added and Vince being added, it's the the level of showmanship has continued to grow, the level of technicality has continued to grow, and like everything about your stage presence, your stage presence and the and the music itself has gotten way better from when I first met you guys. So. Shout out to you guys. You guys Yo, are fucking killing it you, right man. now. Shout I appreciate that shit, man. Um, it's definitely something that we've been working on, man. Like the last couple practices, like we've we have we have like three or four sets right now that we can rotate with different mm-hmm. songs and shit. So what we've been really working on is um, stage presence and being in unison and giving like a fucking performance, bro. Because I mean, it doesn't matter how good your music is, bro. If you look bored or if you're boring to watch, bro, yes. the crowd's gonna exactly because when you're on that stage, you're you're a performer. You hundred percent had to keep them entertained, and I think that was definitely something that, like, I remember Lewis brought up an article that it was like, if you're moving too much on stage, it it comes off as you're, you're um, you don't know what you're playing or you're not playing correctly. Right. And I was like, that's total bullshit that's because I, I don't agree with that. I know I know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm just overly animated. Like, yeah. as anybody knows, like, there's a million one stories. I've been known for walking. Oh on yeah. pool. I've been known for walking on pool tables. Does he know about the Churchill show with you and Lou? Oh, the the the, <laughs> the, 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 the let the, me tell you the story, bro. The pit helicopter, <laughs> bro. Let me tell oh, you the story. So, so I was playing Crip Fest 20, 2016? 20, 20, 20, 2016, 2016, yeah. 2016. And like by then it was all of us were in the band and we were playing. I forgot what song it was, but it got to the breakdown. And dude, I shit you not, I was I was in the I was in the zone, right? I look up, I see fucking Lou on this guy's shoulders, in the pit. <laughs> what the? I legit, fuck? I stop in my just playing the bass. No, we were like we played before them. They played oh, like okay, at, okay, this is yeah, like letter at, set. Yeah, it's a letter set. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Letter okay. Set, so, so so I fucking look up, I keep playing, but my jaw has dropped. I'm like, what the fuck? I look over to my bass player Juan, and he looks over. And he's he was like. Yo, that's nuts. Dude, we were just like, what? I've never seen that, dude. The pit helicopter. Yeah. The that pit shit helicopter. was intense, bro. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, that I, was I fucking, I don't know what it was. We were, like, you you know what Joe's Happy Juice does to fucking Oh, uh, no, juice. don't even. <laughs> I've yet to take a sip of the Happy Juice, though, because bro. I don't trust it. I've been offered many times, but I'm yeah, smarter Yeah, me too, but that. I'm very weary of it, you know? I'm smarter I, than that. I, I took it easy. I took it easy this show. Like, normally I have, like, freaking... Four or five like tiny bottles of that shit, and I'm fucking plastic. But today, <clears throat> yesterday I took it easy, but 
bro, like we get we down like he made two gallons and I'm pretty sure like I down like half of a gallon by myself. Holy Jesus shit. Christ. And, you wanna die. And hey. Hey. Lewis's best quote, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Shit. But yeah. I was we were fucking plastic and I don't know what the fuck came over me, but I go, Lou, he goes, What? I said, get on my shoulders. He goes, okay. <laughs> and that's how it happened. Dude, I will never forget that. And I, just, I just fucking pick him up. And he's swinging and I'm swinging and we're spinning around. And that, and then I put him down. And I remember Seabass like literally runs. Like, I'm walking outside. like I'm going outside to go smoke a cigarette. And he goes, dude, what the fuck was that? I'm like, what? He's like, the fucking helicopter thing you did in the pit. I'm like, oh, you mean when I put Lou on my shoulders? He's like, bro, you have to do that at every show. Yeah. I remember saying that. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I was like, I don't think I'll drink this much at every show. So, no promises. That was fucking That was a night to remember. I wish I would have seen that. Bro, there there was definitely a lot of moments that that were very, very memorable. They told you already about the about the terrorist thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember yeah. you told me that on Facebook. Great, yeah. dude. Yeah. I pissed yeah. myself laughing. That they was told, great. They told you about the terrorist thing. Um, Carrying a sniper. Yeah. <laughs> there was also um, <clears throat> when Anonymous Guitars was... Uh, are they are they still a thing? No, no they've down. been closed. Okay. When Let's Anon- not get into Anonymous, please. When, when Anonymous Guitars was still around, they would we would play there a lot. And we were opening for this band called the Maxis. And was it like dumb empty? Is that what it was? It was like stupid empty. Yeah, I think Ralph was, was telling me about it. It was pretty. It was kind of empty. No, that was another show. That was when we opened for for Final Drive, and literally it was us in Final Drive there. That's yeah, that, ugh, that's terrible. Yeah, but um, I got one better. We um, so we opened for the Maxis, and I remember I was researching the Maxis like the whole week, and like they posted some shit that oh we're really big fans of Jameson. So I bought a bottle of Jameson, and I'm, we're out in the parking lot, and I'm downing the whole bottle by myself. So like by the time it's time for sh- showtime, I'm blasted drunk. Like uh, I, I'm having a hard time loading my shit in, all that stuff. Damn. And I play the set. We're playing the set, and I used to have this thing where I would swing my bass up and then drop it back down. But I was so hammered that instead of me swinging it this way, I ended up swinging it this way. Ooh. So I hit myself in the forehead and I just brushed it off like, oh, whatever. So I keep playing and then Lewis walks up to me. He's like, dude. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm bleeding. (laughs) So I'm fucking bleeding out at the end of the set. And from what they told me, apparently, because I barely fucking remember. We played the last note and I launched my bass on the floor and just walk out into the parking lot. Pass out on the floor. Wow. And everybody from the band, they're they're getting ready to pack down and they're running out after me to see what the fuck happened. Holy shit. And dude. I'm on the floor passed out. They pick me up and I'm and they're like, oh, you need to go home. I'm like, no, I'm not ready to go home. I'm ready to keep drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Wait, was this was this when um when they had that stage built already or is that before that? That no, they hadn't had the stage built yet. Oh, so you were playing in the back? I was playing in the back. Okay. Then they built the stage, and when we played when they built the stage, yeah. that's when that's when those cool-ass pictures where it looks like like 
Ralph is a fucking wizard. Oh, yeah. That all the smoke is, like, on top of him, and he's That's screaming sick, into the box. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, sick, dude. I, I, played, I played AG Fest with you, Noya. Yeah, that was a fun show. Yeah, that was AG Fest. Yeah. Where those pictures came from. That bro, was no, but the scheduling was done so horribly. Yeah. Because, bro, they put... This was our. This was like the letters debut show for the whole lineup. And they put they put us as a headliner after Pathways. Mm-hmm. So by the time we went on, there was like no one there. Fuck. Yeah. Nah, that's the worst, man. And Pathways, like it was packed, obviously, because Pathways, but. Yeah. No. Once the main band plays, everyone dips the fuck. Exactly. Out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been there, done that. Yeah. Um, but on that note, guys, I think we've been going for more than an hour, dude. So. Um, Thank you guys for joining me, episode 13. It's been fucking fun. You guys want to do some plugs before we head out of here? Uh, Are we limited to anything? Uh, no, nah, do plug away. Whatever. Uh, oh. Shout out Aeris FX. Shout, shout out, out to Midnight Motions. Shout out Madison Amps. Swag. That's, All right. Uh, Yo, shout out to Shout, out, shout out to Intune GP. Thank you. Shout out to Nomi Cables. Hey, man. Thank you guys for coming out here, bro. Much appreciated, man. No problem. Thank, Thank you, man. If you're ever back down in, in the area, dude, yeah. let me know. And when you guys drop this EP, come back on and we'll close the fuck out of it. Oh, definitely. Thank awesome. You.